Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Would you like your life to be so touched by the hands of God that you never doubt it and no one who knows you could deny it? Do you know what I mean? To have your life marked by the real, living presence of God that's, that's changing you and, and can be seen in you and certainly experienced by you. Would you like to have that? Well, that would change so much, wouldn't it? How you look at life and the meaning that you find in the things that go on around you and in you. And, um, and Jesus... In Luke chapter 6, and I mentioned Luke 6 as well because today's Luke 6 day if we're reading the Gospel of Luke like a bunch of us are. Um, in Luke chapter 6, Jesus kind of describes what a life like that looks like. Some of the things that we, we know of as Beatitudes. And then he said, he gives some warnings about, look, here's what life is like, looks like without that. And then he proceeds to begin telling them things that they need to know and understand and to put into practice in order to experience the life that he has for them. But before he did that, before he began telling them, well, here's the things, you know, the teachings that you need to know and, and uh, you know, have transform your life, he, he said this, he says, but I say to you who hear, And by here, he means you are listening on purpose and you are listening for God. You're listening for the voice of God. You are open to him. God, I want to hear what you have to say. And what's interesting is Jesus goes on and talks, but the reality is, is what he had to say would only work, right? Would only be effective, would only make a difference in those who had made conscious, purposeful choices to listen to hear what was being said and to say yes to God in it. Right? To already settle that, to be open. Well, today I want to talk to you from the Word of God about how your life can be changed in these ways. But I can only say it to those who hear. Right? And so, and it's not about hearing me, it's about hearing God. So, Right now, let's just bow our heads here and, and go before the Lord and let's, let's express this to him. Father, we come to you and we do want to hear from you. Lord, I want to hear from you, even as I preach what you have put in my heart and mind to, to preach. We want to hear from you. We, we want you to work in our lives. We are open to you. You teach us, you show us something new. We will accept it. You remind us of what we already know. We will embrace it. We want to hear from you today. So that when we leave here today, Lord, we can say that you spoke to us today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12. Very familiar passage of scripture to many of you. You're going to use the Bible that's under the chairs there. It's page 1305. Page 1305, we want to talk about 
how our lives can be changed in the kind of ways that I've already referred to here today. Romans chapter 12. And and really, Paul's been dealing with some big doctrinal things, trying to provide understanding for how God works and and what he's doing in history and how he's being faithful to his word, even though when sometimes it might not seem like his, all this kind of stuff. And then he gets to chapter 12 and he just really brings it down to us personally. And he says this through the Apostle Paul. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So let's just stop right there. This is this idea of surrender. This is the the first thing on our list up here. We surrender to the Lord, right? That's where it all starts. Uh, It's because he is merciful to us, because he's compassionate to us, that we are motivated The love of Christ compels us to say we need to surrender. And and when you consider what he's done with us, it's not a risk to surrender. You know, in Romans chapter 8, he talks about, hey, if God has done all of this for us, won't he do all these other things that he's promised to do? But we have to surrender. It starts there for us. But verse number two is where I really want to, to focus in on today. He says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or be able to determine what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And by the way, the will of God in your life, which he reveals in his word, and then it works out into your life in personal ways that you make decisions and live based on his word. What you're going to find is that it's always good. Even if it's hard, it's always good. Okay? It's always acceptable in the sense of, wow, yeah, this makes sense. And, and it's perfect. <laughs> as the psalmist says, as for God, his ways are, do you know? Perfect. As for God, his ways are perfect. And so we want to surrender to that in the very beginning. That it's God's will that we want. It's that life that is touched, so marked by the presence and power of God that it's undeniable. And we don't doubt because of it. So that's where God is leading us. But there's two words here, two concepts that I want us to get a hold of here to understand what God is telling us, how we can experience this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed instead, okay, by the renewing of your mind. We'll talk more about that. But these two words, these two ideas, conformed, okay? It's, it's a, a putting of two word, a prefix and a word together, the word con and the word form. Sometimes the word con means against or different than, but it also very often means with, along with. Okay, and then the word form or shape. Okay, so when we put this together, what what the word here that's translated conform means is this to match the form of, to match the form. And he says, Do not let your life match the form of the world, don't let the world shape your life. Okay, now, so when we talk about the world, we're not talking about the planet. There are times when we could use the word world and talk about the planet. We are talking about the world in the sense of its humanity, 
and how humanity lives both individually and as a, you know, a group of people that is separate from God. It's man doing his own thing. The same kind of thing that started in the Garden of Eden, right? When Adam and Eve decided to do this their own way, okay? That's what he's talking about the world. And, and the world is never neutral in the Bible. You go through the book of John and chase down how Jesus talks about the world and you find out that the world is not neutral. It is not neutral. It absolutely works against us as Christians. I'll talk a little more about this in a little bit. But I want you to know that once you receive Christ as Savior, I was, I was trying to think through the scriptures and I'm looking for place in the scriptures and all this. I'm pretty confident to tell you today that once you become a follower of Jesus Christ, when you receive Christ as Savior by faith, you are never referred to as part of the world again. You live in the world, but you aren't part of the world. And so God, through the Apostle Paul here, is telling us, don't match the world. Don't be shaped like the world. Don't let the world shape you to be like it, okay? All right, so then the next word is but. Instead of that, be transformed, okay? Be transformed. The, the Greek word that is translated here, transformed, is the Greek word, meta, we get our English word metamorphosis. Almost exactly, right? You remember, we studied metamorphosis in, in school, didn't we? And what was the metamorphosis process we studied? That's right, the caterpillar to the butterfly. Didn't we all study that at some point? This, this wonderful metamorphosis takes, by the way, is that miraculous or what? That this little thing, crawling caterpillar, somehow or rather knows to make a cocoon, and it becomes a chrysalis, whatever, and then it... It turns into a, it basically, you know, they, they look at it and it gets, gets kind of just into a ooze <laughs> and then reforms as a butterfly. Now that happened all by accident, don't you think? <laughs> Not. We have a wonderfully creative God who did these things. But anyway, this metamorphosis, it starts off as one thing and it is transformed into a totally different thing. And again, we have the, the prefix and the word trans is the, the prefix and the, the word trans here means to change from one thing to another, to go across. If you take a transatlantic flight, what do you do? You fly across the Atlantic. You start out here and you end up there, okay? And so when he says be transformed, that's what he's talking about, the, 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 uh, to thoroughly change the form. And this is what God tells us needs to happen in us. We need to be transformed. We need to be thoroughly changed from what we were, from what we are, to what God intends for us to be. And really, if you know Jesus Christ as Savior, deep down inside, it's what you want to be. And the only reason you really struggle with that is because the world is all the time pressuring you to be conformed and shaped differently than God wants you to be. And so he says we are to be transformed, changed by the renewing of the mind, which we're going to talk a little bit more about. But so I, I have this picture in my mind, this word form, uh, that's in both of these words, conform, transform. It's about shape. What shape are you? And we're not talking about body image here. We're talking about what our lives are like and being shaped. And in the Bible, there are a number of places where it, 
it uses a, a, an analogy, an illustration about God and his people. And it's the picture of a potter shaping the clay and using a potter's wheel, you know, and, and keeping that turning and continually shaping the clay. And so what I want to do here for a little bit is to take a look. And, and the title of the sermon is In the Potter's Hands. Okay, we want to let God shape our clay. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about. But let's, let's just do a quick look at the illustrations from Scripture about God being the potter and us, his people, being the clay. Okay? So in Isaiah 29, and by the way, God is, is addressing his people. They are, they are not following him well. They are kind of like doing their own thing. They are being conformed to the world. But he says this to them. He says, surely you have things turned around. Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? In other words, is, is the potter, is the clay equally as powerful as the potter? Does the clay have wisdom that the potter has? I mean, the idea, right? Bringing, it's the idea of us thinking we know as good as God. <laughs> what foolishness, right? And that's what he says. Wait a minute, wait. Haven't you turned things around? Shall the potter be esteemed as the clay? For shall the thing made say of him who made it, he did not make me? Or shall the thing formed say of him who formed it, he has not understanding? God doesn't, you know, no. Wait, there, there are people who say God didn't make me, aren't they? Okay. Well, that's foolishness. The harder part, though, folks, is it's easy for us to say, yeah, those people out there who don't believe that God made them, blah, 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 blah. I want to challenge you. Do you live each day as though God actually made you? You know, we need to think about that. How would I live if I was really today believing that God did create me? Wow, that means God actually has design for me. That means God actually knows what's going on in my life. All this kind of stuff. I need to live that way. And then, you know, we as Christians wouldn't say, probably wouldn't say, well, God doesn't understand. I mean, Scripture's pretty clear, isn't it? That Jesus, he went through all the things in life. He was tempted in all the ways that we are tempted, all those kinds of things. He didn't sin in it, but it says that because of that, he, he knows what it's like. He's, his heart is touched with our struggles. And it's, again, it's foolishness for us to say he doesn't understand. And like I said, probably none of us here today say, well, God doesn't understand. But what happens is when we hear the word preached or taught or a friend lovingly admonishes or teaches and we say, well, uh, you just don't understand. You just don't understand because that, that, that won't work for me. Really what you're saying is God's ways don't work for you. Therefore, God doesn't understand, right? So this idea of the potter and the clay, if we want to experience this not conforming to the world and being transformed instead, we need to remember that God is the, our creator. He is the one who made us. And to acknowledge our proper role with him, it starts with that, right? We surrender to him. Okay, now Jeremiah. Jeremiah is challenging the people of God as well. God, that they aren't living the way he wants them to live. And he says this. He says, I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good. 
to the potter to make. So he has the clay and he's working with it and something goes wrong. Something isn't right. Maybe there's a defect in the clay or whatever and it gets messed up. And so the potter reworks it. Okay? And sometimes that's just a reshaping something. Other times it's what? Anybody here ever played with Play-Doh? You know, if you didn't much as a kid or whatever, but if you have grandkids, a good chance you'll end up playing with Play-Doh. And you try to make stuff, you make stuff and fake stuff, and finally when you're done, either you don't like it or you want something else, what do you do? And you scrunch it all out and then you start over. Well, this is what the picture that we have here, what Jeremiah's talking about. That there was something that didn't go right, wasn't right here, and so the potter remakes it as it seemed good to the potter, right? And this, of course, the picture we're talking about here is what? God and us. So let's look at the next verses. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? And O house of Israel, let's think this is his people, God's people. I think there's an application here for us. All right? O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I can remake you. I can improve you. I can make you be what you are intended to be. Now, when we think of real clay, it doesn't get off the wheel, does it? But can you and I get off the potter's wheel? Yeah. And he says, Let's, oh, no, no. Submit yourself to my hands. Let me shape you. Let me rework you. And yes, sometimes you know what that means? You're going to get squished down and reformed and reshaped. And that's a little bit of a scary thing for us human beings. All right, but so see, this is what we want to think of, this lesson, that we, we want God to shape us. We want to let him work on us. We want him to fix the things that are wrong, but we need to submit to him in it for that to happen. Now, God's people did not respond well to this message from Jeremiah, message from God through Jeremiah. And so we see some more. He told, God says to him, Thus says the Lord, go and get a pop, potter's earthen flask and take some of the elders. Then you shall break the flask and say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Even so I will break this people and this city as one breaks a potter's vessel which cannot be made whole again. Have you ever dropped something made of ceramic? Boom, right? And have you tried to glue it back together and fix it? If it's just a chip, maybe you can't. You know, but God talks here about getting broken in a way that can't be fixed. And so I think the lesson for us to hear is, is this. If we choose to get off the potter's wheel, wheel, the longer we stay off the potter's wheel, the harder we become the harder our soul becomes. And we can reach a point where, because of the way we're living, that we get broken, and we get broken to the extent that we cannot fix it. It is not within our power to make it right again. And when we think of human potters, you know, if you gave them all those pieces, they might be able to reform those and, and get, put clay in around and all that, right, and then let it dry again and all that to where it finally functions, right? But will it be the same? No. 
And so we can reach points in our lives where we can become broken and never be the same again. Now, I want to say to you that if that's you today, you're watching and say, that's me. Our God is much more powerful than a human potter. He can take the pieces. And he can work and do those things and put us back together. But understand that if we've reached that point where we are broken, we will not be the same going forward. Things will be different. There will be scars. There may be limitations. But God can and will put your life back together in a way that honors him and will be good for you. But what I want to challenge you is let's don't get to that place, right? Let's don't get to that place where we're off the wheel and we're doing our own thing to where we can become hard and eventually break. So what we want to do is is just remember God is the one who has made us. We want to remember that he can shape us, he can fix us, he can do all those things, but that we must stay on the potter's wheel or we become hardened and lose that malleability that God can easily shape in our lives. And see, this hardening is what happens as we become more and more conformed to the world, right? As we get off the God, God's wheel and let the world shape us and do with us and the, the, the fires us, the furnace of life, and, and we become hardened, that's being conformed to the world and all that goes with it. But instead, we want to be transformed, and that's, that's on the wheel, right? The potter's wheel, letting him shape our lives. How do we do that? Let's go back to Romans 12. Romans 12, again, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, I'm begging you. This is serious. This matters. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because of what he's done for you, his love displayed for you, his son's death for you, the the forgiveness of sin for you, all these things, his compassion for you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. God, here I am. I am yours. Holy. God, I am holy, dedicated to you. I am yours acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This makes sense. So if we are going to have our lives transformed, the first thing we have to do is surrender. And I've said it multiple times today. But so this, first thing is put put yourself in the potter's hands by consciously and completely surrendering to him. Anybody here ever find yourself going right along through life and then when you stop and think about it, you realize you haven't been surrendered to God for quite some time? You haven't been consciously choosing to rebel against him, right? Not that, but yet you realize, I haven't been even thinking about how God wants me to do this or what he wants me to do. Yeah, so it starts here. So when we want to experience this transformation, we have to start with surrender and we have to keep challenging ourselves about it. By the way, that's one of the things that's so valuable about you coming to worship every week. And, and you know, if you aren't able to be here joining us online, it's so valuable and important because every week we come together and we challenge ourselves together through the singing, the prayer, hopefully through the fellowship and certainly through the preaching of the word to say, This is what God says. We need to surrender. We need to yield ourselves to him. All right? So that is the starting place. Then the second thing is this. You have to stay on the potter's wheel 
by saying no to conformity and yes to transformation. And it does take a choice, an act to say no to conformity, because here's the thing. The, the grammar that's in the Greek language here uh, communicates to us that we are already being shaped by the world. That is the default position, being conformed to the world, because the world is continually pressuring you, it's continually bringing you know, lies to you and, and it's different motivations and, and, and pulls and tugs. That's what the world does. It is not neutral. Okay? And so the, the reality here, what's communicated is that you are, when you are doing nothing, when you aren't consciously thinking about it, you are being conformed to the world. And so therefore you must do what? Say, wait a minute, no. And this is where the Lord says, do not be conformed. Stop being conformed to the world. And, and so it, this is a, it's always going to go that way. You know, I kind of get this picture, the idea somehow that we're moving a car uphill, and maybe it's in low gear, whatever, but if we put it in neutral, which way you go? You know, it's going to go back down the hill. And that's sort of the way we are, okay? That's going to be the tendency. We will be conformed or shaped uh, by the world. And so we have to say no to that. And how do we say no to it? You can just say no, and it's not going to change anything. You have to say yes to being transformed by God, okay? Consciously choosing, I am going to be transformed by him. Right, so if you do nothing, you will be conformed to the world. You must choose to cooperate to be transformed. You have to cooperate. Um, and let me say to you today that if you have never received Jesus as Savior. There's never been that time in your life when you clearly understood that you had sinned against the Holy God. I've sinned, I've blown, I know it. And that my sins have separated me from God and, and I deserve to go to hell and that's where I'm headed. But then you believe that Jesus is who the Bible said he was and that he did what the Bible said he did and that you by faith and say, oh God, I, you know, the best I know how, I received Jesus as my Savior. I, I put my faith in Jesus for forgiveness of my sins. If you've never done that, you haven't done the first act of surrender. Has to happen there. Okay, and you will be conformed. But so, those of you who have received Christ as Savior, you need to make an ongoing decision to not be conformed and to continue to say no to being conformed to the world. Instead, you're choosing to be transformed. And that brings us to the third truth from our passage, I think. Let the potter shape what you think, believe, love, and how you do what you do. And maybe we could make that list longer. <laughs> Let the potter shape you. Let God shape you. And how do we do that? Well, it says right there, instead of being conformed to the world, be transformed Right? Thoroughly changed from one thing to another by what? The renewing of your mind. Okay, renewing. What's it mean to renew something? Well, once again, we have a prefix and a word. We have prefix re and the word new. Now, the word re can mean uh, to do again, to go back to the way it was when it was new. Okay? I don't think that's what we're talking about here. God isn't sending us back to somewhere the way we used to be. 
The prefix re can also mean again and again and again and again and again. That's what God is talking about here, that he's going to make us new. He's going to give us a new way of thinking. Again and again and again and again and again. He's going to give us a new way of looking at life. He's going to give us a new understanding about ourselves and about him. He's going to give us a new, a new way to interact with the people around us. He's going to give us a new way to make the important decisions that are in our lives. He's going to give us a new way of responding from the inside when things come to us that are like, <gasps> right? I mean, it's new. And he's going to do it again and again and again and again and again. And when we have this new again and we, we see things differently and we make a different decision and then we have something new and maybe a response comes and we, we see things a little differently because God is transforming us and we, we make another decision and, and, and it, it again and again and again until one day you look at your life and you realize I have been and am being transformed. My life is not the way it used to be. It's better than it used to be. And by better, I mean God is being glorified and I am experiencing the goodness of God as I am transformed to be what he wants me to be. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we renew our minds? Because that's what he says, that renewal is going to affect what you do how you do it, and it's going to bring transformation into your life. Well, how, how, so how to renew your mind? Well, I'm going to say this first. It, it, it's something that you have to do actively, proactively, and consistently. Actively, proactively, and consistently. I'll talk about what it is in just a minute. But actively. Because what do we say? What's the default position? If you aren't actively seeking to be transformed, you're going to be what? You're going to be becoming conformed to the world. That's just the way it is. Let me, let me give you an example of this. I was just thinking that um, this example would fit better someplace else, but I'll just give it to you here anyway. Have you noticed that people who watch different sources for the news see the world and what's going on in different ways? You see, because we tend to become conformed all right, by what we're taking in, what we're experiencing, unless we're actively pushing back against it. All right? And so it is. That's what's going to happen for us in the world. It's going to do that in our lives. All right. Actively, proactively. This is what God is so faithful to us, you know, in the scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, no temptation has taken you except what's common to man. And then he says this, but God is faithful, who's not going to allow you to be tempted more than you can bear, right? So you can respond rightly. He's not going to allow it. Well, here's the thought for me. Let, let me give you an illustration. What if I came to you and said, uh, I don't know, Dave, can you bench press uh, 200 pounds yet? Right now? Maybe 300 pounds? 300 pounds, you think? No. But what if we told Dave, Dave, six months from now, you are going to be required to bench press 300 pounds? Now, barring his injuries, but he could probably do what? Prepare for that. 
But if we get to that day and it's time to do it and he can't do it, he can't say, oh, I, I didn't know. I wasn't prepared. Right? Because he was told ahead of time. Well, there are many, many times where all of a sudden we are confronted with temptation and God does a work in our hearts, our minds. Something happens where he helps us to be able to make the choice. But I'm telling you that in your life, there are temptations, testings that are going to come down here in the future, which you should be preparing for today. And you're going to prepare for it by letting God renew your mind. You're going to learn to think differently now. You're going to learn to live differently now. You're going to learn to respond differently now. And so when all of a sudden one day you get here to this place, that's what, I see what God told me. I see, understand now what he's doing. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's why we must be proactive in it. Don't wait until your world falls apart to go, oh no, what does God say about my world falling apart? No. Let him transform you so that your world doesn't fall apart in that way. All right. And then consistently. It has to be consistent, folks. It's not about perfect, but you've got to be consistent in this. I mean, if you want to be healthy, you have to have good nutrition. You have to take in the stuff that you need to be healthy, correct? Well, what if you just do that for a couple weeks after Christmas and a couple weeks after Thanksgiving? And How healthy are you going to be? No, see, it needs to be consistent over time. By the way, I'm thinking about that. Our bodies are a pretty good illustration of this because over time, your body entirely rebuilds itself and replaces itself on an ongoing basis. Some things much more rapidly than others. Sometimes some things might actually be over a period of a few years. But we are transformed. And so it is in our lives as we will take in these spiritual nutrients today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next week and the next month and the next year. That it transforms us, okay? And, but we need to be consistent in it. All right, so what are we going to be active, proactive, and consistent in? The first thing is this. You've got to challenge your natural way of thinking with God's word. You have to, on purpose, consciously, challenge your thinking about things. Uh, this means that you need to be in God's word, you know, just reading it. But as you read it, don't just read it for the, the content Read it for what's the point? You know, read it and say, God, am I looking at things in life the right way? Are there things in my life that I'm looking the wrong way? Because I would just guarantee you that all of us, myself included, if we talk long enough today, we would find something that all of us probably aren't seeing God's way. We're seeing God's way partly, you know? Or we have a twisted version of it. And because the reality is, is that when you grew up, you came to believe certain things and you moved into adulthood with those things and you had experiences in your life where you didn't necessarily respond right and you didn't necessarily believe the right things, but, but it all becomes part of what you uh, very quickly, easily believe and respond to things. And when you became a Christian, you, you said, oh, I want to get this right. And so, a really crazy example, but we were just talking, Dave and I were talking this week about parents disciplining their children, and, and um, I don't know if it was you guys talking to somebody, but knew someone who, the way they got disciplined was, and dad finally got upset enough and hit you, whack, right? I mean, angry and hit you. And that this person, as an adult now, thinks, well, it worked for me, it was good, right? My dad cared and corrected me. But I say to you, parents 
should never hit their children because the parent is angry. That's an unbiblical thought. Okay? But do you see how someone becomes a Christian and they think, oh, I'm really going to make sure my kid knows. They need to challenge their thinking. Their thinking needs to be challenged. And this is true in your relationships. This is true in your views of what your career is and ought to be. This is true in how you handle your money. This is true in every way. That you want to stay open to God. Show me those ways where I'm not thinking right about this. My mind needs to be renewed. This is a little bit scary because we're pretty comfortable with where we're at with stuff. All right, so you want to be in the Word and, and consciously be working at challenging your way of thinking, sharpening your thinking, focusing it better, making, getting it to align more with what God says in His Word. Don't just assume that because you're a Christian, you're thinking right. You're on the way. God is at work, but you need to challenge it. All right, the second way you're going to do this to actively, proactively, consistently is to pursue fellowship-based relationships with God's people. And I say fellowship basis. The friendship basis is awesome, good. Friends are just, you know, they are a treasure. Friends are a treasure. But you need relationships that are fellowship-based. In other words, that are about that Christ is in us and we are on a spiritual journey together and we need to grow and we need to help each other. And friends, you can do that with your friends. But do you understand how you can have friends and not really have it be fellowship-based? We're talking about a spiritual sense, right? We need to have relationships with other Christians where we can talk about what God is doing in our lives and, you know, how he's working. You know, we want to sharpen each other's understanding as we renew our minds. We want to support each other as we work on these renewing of our minds and the different life that comes as a result of it. And so it is just so important you know, this is, this is how we stay on the potter's wheel. We keep renewing our minds and challenging ourselves in the way we think and God can shape and work in our lives. And then we open our lives up to God's people, one, two, 12, whatever it is. And we have the relationship based on our mutual relationship with Christ and God can shape and form. And then we get renewed. I want to be renewed, don't you? I look forward to the day when Jesus returns for us or he takes us home, either through death or through his return, and we're going to be made new, right? I look forward to that. But you don't have to wait to experience some of the reality of that. You can experience it now if you'll commit yourself to this. So let's quick review. Put yourself in the... In, in the potter's hands by consciously, completely surrendering to him. Stay on the potter's wheel by on purpose, consciously saying no to conforming to the world and saying yes to being transformed by God's renewal. And then let the potter shape what you think, believe, what you love, what you do, how you do what you do. Let him shape it all. No better place to live than saying, God, be glorified in my life by shaping me into what you want me to be. And many of you probably don't know the old hymn. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me, make me after your will. 
while I am waiting, yielded and still. Father, we come to you and thank you that you will renew us and you will shape us in, in glorious ways that we become what you, our creator, has designed us to be. And, and we want that, Father. So help us to remember this, that we need to engage purposefully, stay surrendered and engage on purpose with saying no to the way the world wants to shape us and saying yes to you and being renewed in our minds so that our lives could be transformed, shaped the way you want them to be. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, God bless you. Stay on the potter's wheel this week, okay?